we'll get into it. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, <laughs> this is a little bit different, if you saw by the title. Um, it's not a full episode. This is a bonus episode. And we are going back to Nightweaver because we can't let it go. And <laughs> I'm sitting here with Kristen. She are you are you a writer, Kristen? Um, I used to write a lot of poems back when I was younger, and okay. I have many, many stories in my head, just not on paper, but I have a great appreciation for writing. My mom's a writer, um, and I do love to write. It's just not something I do too often. Okay. But we are, we're a little different because we're not interviewing Kristen as an author. Kristen nope. is here to tell us her unhinged theories as well. And we're going <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> there are so it's going to be fun. <laughs> That's why this isn't going to go on another episode. This is its own episode. It's deserving of it. So, um, Kristen, why don't you, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, how you found Nightweaver, and yeah, just take take the wheel for a sec. Sure. Um, so, I am 33 years old, and I have two sons, and I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I homeschool them. So, I don't. I don't really have a lot of time like to myself to just, you know, kind of do what I enjoy too often. Um, my husband travels for work sometimes, so it kind of makes it difficult. And last year, I think it was like in March, I read, I think how it starts for many people, the Akatar series. And oh, yeah. it just like reignited my love for reading. I read a lot when I was younger, like when I was a teenager in my early 20s. I loved reading. I was that kind of kid that like, I'm under the blankets with a flashlight and a book staying up all hours of the night reading. Um, and that just kind of dwindled as I got older into adulthood. So I read the Akatar series in March and it just, it got an unhealthy obsession with reading after that. Um, I think I read a little over like 200 books last year and, wow. uh, yeah, it, it, it got a little crazy. And so it just really sucked me back in. I found a huge love for particularly like fantasy, uh, and that kind of, genre although I love all genres but um I was scrolling through my Instagram one day and so I have like my personal Instagram and then I have my bookstagram you know lost to a book that I started a That's couple months do. back <laughs> yes and so uh exactly because I'm like I started getting all these like book talk recommendations on my personal I was like I clearly need a separate Instagram for my book love because it's taking over my other stuff so I was scrolling on my personal one and, you know, sometimes you get those like um, ads where it's like a suggested, oh, this might be something you're interested in. It was like a video ad for Nightweaver. And so I was like, this looks really interesting. So I went to view profile and she only, you know, she didn't have a ton of posts at the time. This is probably back in June of last year. And so I scrolled, I'm a stalker. So like when I find something, I'm going to start at the first post and I'm going to work my way up to the current. I want to like catch up, so to say. So I read all the posts, watched the videos. And I just messaged her. I was like, Hey, I just came across your stuff. Like, I'm super excited. This book looks really interesting and unique. I loved the aesthetics that you're using for your videos. Like you're on point. So she's like, Oh my God, thank you. And so we kind of got to just messaging back and forth. Well, from there, it's kind of just developed into um, a really good friendship. Now we send each other like 30, 40 minute long text voice messages. <laughs> and um, chat frequently and so it turned into i arc read the book uh became obsessed with it and i want everybody else to be as obsessed with it because it's just so freaking good and um 
so here we are. And that kind of is where I came into meeting Rebecca and getting onto the Nightweaver journey. Yeah, I found her on Instagram as well, on my bookstagram. Um, (laughs) And she was doing a live with Meg. And it was like right when I had started the podcast. And so I reached out to both of them because they both just seem so chill and so cool. And I'm like, I want to talk to them. And they were one of the first couple people that I had like messaged about doing interviews. I had talked to a couple people before them that I had met in person at like Comic-Con and stuff. But Mm -hmm. um, as far as like online, they were definitely one of the first. So I'm really glad I found her as well, but. (laughs) That's awesome. And they're, they're so friendly. I've not personally talked to Meg, but I've kept up with her book. Um, And I, I watched that interview that you're talking about and Rebecca is just so I Rebecca, if you're listening to this, I love you. You know, I love you. Um, She's got, you know, she's listening to this. Oh my God. I know. She, like, I love her. I actually was messaging her this morning. Um, and I was like, I want you to know I was up till 3 a.m. reading Nightweaver again. And then I woke up at 7 and finished it. And um, it, it reaffirmed my love for it. And then my hatred for some things in it. <laughs> did you tell um, her why you were staying up so late to finish it? No, I did not. I was like, I'm not going to tell her. I'm going to let it be a surprise. So I did this not. This is why. Well, so here's the thing. She knew. I read it back in September when I did the arc read. I told her I wanted to reread it so I could highlight and annotate it to kind of pick up on like things maybe I missed the first time around. And um, so she's been, she knows I've been trying to work my way back through it and annotating. She's like, I want to see what you annotate and highlight. Like I want a Kristen's version of Nightweaver. And so I've never annotated before. So this is the first book I've ever annotated or highlighted. And that first highlight felt like a sin to my part. Highlight right. page, but but now I like I bought highlighters and tabs, and I've already ran through my yellow highlighter, highlighting the heck out of this book, trying to keep up with stuff. Um, so it's it's addicting, that's for sure. And I haven't done any highlighting yet because um, I feel like again I can't mark up the page. I don't want to leave notes. Um, if I do do that, I want to buy like a dedicated copy to do that. I don't want to do it till just like my normal copy. But doing the tabs, I'm okay with the tabs because you can take those off and there's no damage. But <laughs> that, see, that was me. I was like, I don't want to uh, have. So I told my husband, I was like, this is just going to be my copy solely for highlighting. And then I'll just have another copy for, right. you know, leave it on its own. Um, and he was laughing at me last night because he was sitting there, you know, in the bed reading and I'm reading. And um, I talk to myself when I read because I'll be like, oh, God, I hate this guy. You're the yes. worst. And like, I'm just talking under my breath. And he was like, I'm going to. Um, make like a, a list of the things that I hear you say talking to yourself and make a little book of it because it's very humorous listening to things you say. I was like, look, I have a lot of feelings about this. Does he have a list for us? Not currently, but Aww. I have no doubt if you gave him a few days, he'd probably have <laughs> an extensive list, honestly. Dang, I, I want that list. <laughs> you know what? If he starts working on one, I will send it to you because it is, yes. it is very, uh, uh, intense, intense feelings are let out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh. Okay. So where where should we start? First of all, before we get into the book, you're in Alabama. Does that mean you're going to meet us all in Florida? I am. Okay. Yay! I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. I um 
I saw that they were doing that and I was like, okay, I really want to do this. I've, I've never done something like that. Rebecca messaged, she texted me. She's like, Hey, no pressure, but like, I'm going to be at BookCon if you happen to want to come down. And, um, I was like, Oh my God, that'd be amazing. So when I saw the tickets, you know, I looked them up and, um, I told my husband, I was like, I'm just going to do this as like my birthday gift to myself. He's like, yeah, go for it. So, um, my birthday was back in December. So it was a few weeks after the tickets went on sale. So the day they went on sale, I got one because Florida, Orlando is probably like a 12 hour drive from where I'm at, but yeah, it's like nothing. maybe a two hour flight. Like I can do a direct flight to Orlando. So, um, I was like, I'm going. And I said, am I so excited to, cause a lot of the authors that are going, I'm going to be doing panels and speaking. I actually talk to frequently. I just, I'm one of those people that like, I'll go out of my way and I'll message an author just to let them know like, Hey, I read your book. I loved this about it. Or, you know, thank you for taking the time to create such a cool place to like escape to. And, um, so I actually ended up talking to a lot of them pretty frequently and I saw that a lot of them are going to be there. So I was like, I have to go to this. So I told Rebecca, I was like, I got tickets. And so she was really excited. So I'm super excited because now I'm going to be able to meet officially like you and some of my other friends coming from like New York, um, California and some other places. So I think it's gonna be really, really fun. I think so too. You're going by yourself. I am. I was like this. I, the kids that's are okay. staying home with you. I'm dipping out. I will see y'all. Yeah. So that's the no, plan. I told my husband the same thing. So our five-year anniversary was in November. And so I was like, hey, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't need a gift. Christmas is coming up. I said, so as a joint Christmas and anniversary gift, I want to go to this. And I want like the highest, like the VIP package. And he I was like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. I did the same. I was like, if I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to go because I know I want to do that midnight masquerade. I know that uh -huh. I want to do like, I want to have every opportunity to meet with the authors. Like I want to soak this up. And my husband, he, he wouldn't have gone to like the thing, but we have friends down in Orlando um, and people that he works with. And he was like, well, maybe I can go if I can get somebody to watch the kids, you know, we can go and you do that during the day. And then we meet up. I was like, look, <laughs> if we go, I'm probably not going to have time to hang out with you because I'm going to be there. Like, all day this is my whole thing Close. so every day yeah <laughs> right so he was like well how about i just think i'll keep the kids and you go and you know hang out with your friends i was like say less my friend say less like <laughs> i'm going so i'm yeah. i am so excited i'm already me and rebecca i've been like hey um my other friend cassie i said have you guys like been looking for dresses because i've been like looking up dresses in the stuff that i love it is way out of I, I want like a 400 dress on a hundred dollar and under budget so amazon is about yes! to be what <laughs> that's literally what I said. I'm pretty sure I was talking to Rebecca about that. And I was like, I'm on an Amazon budget. Okay. But I want custom dresses. I, I'm like, I even question, I'm like, <laughs> do I have the time and the skill to make my own dress? And I'm like, I'm going to spend way more than a hundred dollars on fabric if I do that, but I can make it myself. <laughs> you could, and nobody else would have it. Cause that's the thing. I found some on Amazon that I really love, but I was like, I guarantee like every third person is gonna have the same dress. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm gonna see if maybe I can convince my sister to maybe cat if you hear this, help a sister out, uh, make <laughs> me a dress. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I was like, I'm gonna probably come back with like a new tattoo because I'll have a tattoo artist. I'm gonna come back knowing yeah. how to do all kinds of stuff. I'm I'm so excited. I've started saving. You've heard of that, like the hundred envelope challenge or whatever. Um, we're uh -huh. like every, every day or not every day, but there's like a hundred envelopes. And like for the number one envelope, you put a $1 for the second one, you put $2. And once you fill oh. all hundred envelopes, you have $5,000. What? It's like, I it's not like heard five, of that. 
Yeah, it's like $5,050 or something like that. Um, so I started doing that because I'm like, this is my con money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. Because uh, I know some people, they're talking about wanting to do like, um, go to one of those bars there, but it's like an Alice in Wonderland themed bar oh, and do some like, because Rebecca and I were talking about going and doing karaoke because so her and I, you know, we chit chat kind of about everything under the sun. And she was saying how her mom um, was an opera singer, like a classically trained yes. opera singer. And I was classically trained opera when I was younger. And so, you know, I knew I sing and I found out the other week that she sings because she posted a video and I messaged her. I was like, Rebecca, why did I not know that you can sing? Because she was doing Disney songs. I was like, I'm obsessed with Disney songs. We need yep. to do it at some point in our lifetime. So she goes, Orlando, karaoke bar, it's going to happen. So I think we're going to try to do it at a karaoke bar <sighs> somewhere in Orlando. You guys will have to let me know. I'll be there. I'll be there filming. First of all, <laughs> yes, that would be awesome. We have to have somebody like a fan in the crowd rooting for oh, us. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. No, I am the best cheerleader for people. I will raise y'all up. I'll yell for an encore, the whole shebang. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great time. We have to make that happen. Yeah. And then we were talking about doing like, um, a day or two at Disney after. So like the Sunday, Monday, uh, we have oh. and nothing's like set in stone, but like, I know I'm going for sure. And I'm pretty sure she's going for sure. So I'm like, well, let's just pick the same park then, girl. Like, we're good. I, I know. <laughs> That's the thing I told my husband. I was like, she was saying, oh, you should do Disney with us. I was like, oh, my God, Rebecca, you don't know how bad I want to do that. But I feel <laughs> like because I want to particularly go to, um, like, Harry Potter and Star Wars. And I, I feel like I can't without my husband and my boys because they're so mm -hmm. obsessed with it. I just I can't do that without them. So I'm like, I think I'm going to have to. Sit that one out. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, maybe I really want to do Epcot personally. Um, Epcot's my favorite land in um, in Florida. So. I, you know, I've not been. I have not been to Disney. I think since I was probably fifteen or so. Yeah. So it's been God, it's been eighteen years <laughs> since I've been to Disney. So I don't really remember a lot about it. And I, so I want to experience Star Wars world for sure. And then the Harry Potter world because, okay, I'm putting myself out there. I have actually never read the Harry Potter series. Wow. <laughs> I know, I know. And I've been talking to my friend Dana on Instagram from Dana's bookshelf because she um, actually, as an adult, she had never read it either. She just recently read them and then she read Manacled. Um, and I, I just, did you see my, my post about manacled this morning? I did, oh my gosh. I did. Yeah. I, I thought that looked so good. And I was like, she's going to tell me how she bound that because I know myself, I'm going to end up reading Harry Potter. I'm going to end up going straight into manacled, probably getting really sad and depressed about it, but also equally loving right. it. And then I'm going to want a copy of it. So <laughs> you'll have to tell me how you oh. bound it because I, I told Rebecca, she's a huge Harry Potter fan. I was like, I'm going to, my sister is too. I was like, I'm going to dive into the world. I'm going to give it a try because um, I, I watched the movies like 10 years ago and I wasn't a huge fan of them, but I've heard that they're also different from the books. So I'm going to give the books a try and see. So I feel like if I read them, then I definitely want to experience Harry Potter world because honestly, it just looks really cool too. Yeah, no, I, I've been to Harry Potter world. Um, I will say the Star Wars line is really, really cool too. But if we don't go to either of those places, then you could still come with us to Disney. So I'm just saying <laughs> that is true. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe I just have to go down like a day earlier, say a day later. Cause you know, yeah. I'm yeah. going to be there for like probably a week. Cause I'm, a, I'm getting into Orlando on Tuesday night. Cause I'm driving. Um, oh, wow. Where are you driving yeah. from? 
Well, I'm in Arizona, um, but I tour um, for conventions, for, like, comic book conventions with my Etsy shop. And so that is in the middle of my, like, my big circuit. And so in, let me see, I have my calendar in front of me. Is it? Yeah. So in September, I'll be in Salt Lake City. So I'm going to go from Arizona to Utah. And then from Utah, I'm going to drive to Florida. So I'll get there Tuesday night. And then I'll leave the following Tuesday. And I'm trying to fit in another show um, the weekend after. But I really want to do New York City Comic Con on the 17th. So my goal is to hit from between Florida and New York to hit another show in in between there. <laughs> oh wow, that's that's a, a lot of driving. I I personally I love dr- having like drives by myself mostly because oh yeah. If I'm being honest, like I have two boys, they're 2 and 6, and so it's rare that I get car rides by myself <laughs> to blast like my thug music and not, you know, just be able to do what I want. And so I had thought about it cuz I told my husband I was like I really want to fly cuz I feel like it just makes the experience more. I don't ever get to fly and it's going to be a lot shorter time travel. So then I have more time there, but the only thing that would have me driving is then I can bring a lot of my books and have them signed while I'm down there yep. and not have to pay the fee for, cause if I get books while I'm down there and have the author sign, it's going to be a hefty box that I'm having to pay to ship back home. Um, so I'm kind of, I think I'll probably still end up flying, but that's a lot of driving for you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's okay. I like the drive. I listen to like podcasts and audiobooks and you know, all that fun stuff. But um, I was thinking the same thing with like the books. One, I could bring the books I already have. And two, for the $5,000 I'm going to spend while I'm there, um, (laughs) I'll have a way to bring it back. Right. I mean, it, it's definitely a win-win. I have my little, like, book cart that I got for Christmas, which I'm so excited about. It's, like, one of those, like, folding up ones on the wheels. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. I started, like, putting stickers on it. Um, but I legit, I, I wanted the book, or the cart, like, specifically for Romanticy. But, like, obviously, I'm going to get more use out of it. But <laughs> Right. That's awesome. Romanticy was a big part of, of wanting it because I know I'm, oh, I'm going to be freaking broke (laughs) (laughs) hey at least you know so you can go ahead and start prepping because i i love a a lot of different genres i read very much across the board but romanticy is definitely probably more i'd say like my top tier preference um because you can have like you know very similar tropes and overall storylines but they can also be so different so i'd say a majority Mm -hmm. of what i own is probably under the romanticy realm right i totally agree but that's really exciting. I'm glad you're going to be there. There's a lot. So many people that I've been talking to are going to be there. And I feel like I'm just going to, like, fangirl the whole time. I was even telling my husband. I was like, <laughs> no, all of my friends are going to be there. And he goes, what friends? And I'm like, you don't know them. My, like, it, my books are friends. friends. They they're are real. Like, they're like my best friends. <laughs> right. They're real. They exist. We're best friends. We've never met. But, like, yeah. we, we talk all the time. Yeah, that's the same. I am... Um, I'm I'm super excited. And because it's the first year, particularly, I saw where they're already in 2025 um, doing one in California. Yeah, and then I I'll be there too. All, so are they doing California and Orlando or somewhere else? Because I feel like they're doing both. 
Uh, yeah, I thought next year it was both. They're doing so. California's in like February, and then I think Orlando. Orlando is. Yeah. So. Okay. I, yeah. I'm definitely going to be in LA because um, that's a six-hour drive for me. Right. Um, that's and uh, yeah, so I, I'm debating if I want to set up a booth for like my Etsy shop or not. I haven't 100 percent committed to that yet. But you should. We'll I think see. that'd be, that'd be fun. <laughs> I'll be interested then, to see because we're all going the first year. Right. How it grows, like just from the first year to the second year, and then the third, seeing how much growth there is. Because I have a feeling it's going to probably take off, and <laughs> we'll be like, we were there the first go round. So yeah. that'd be kind of cool. My only downside to that is that, like, if I do have a booth, then I can't go and like oh, walk yeah. around and talk to everybody, and that's where I'm like, I don't want. I really want to like be able to like wander. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's decision. It's, it's a process. Exactly. I really have to decide, but that's okay. It's going to be so much fun. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> um, I am too. It's going to be. It's going to be a blast. Okay. So let's talk Nightweaver. Ooh, yes. Let's. So how how should we do this? Do we want to? Who I don't. Well, actually, now I have a question for you first, because what sure. led me to you, I remember Rebecca, we were talking <clears throat> and she had told me in a voice message the other week, she was like, Hey, um, I was talking to my friend Bree. She was, I was on her podcast and she was talking about this particular character, you know, yada, yada. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, you need to talk to Kristen. Y'all would get along very well because you and I oh, have yeah. a very like not popular opinion, I would say. And so that's when I was like, oh, this is her when I listened to the podcast. So that's when I messaged you. And then now we're here. But I had seen on one of her posts when she was asking Will Turner versus Jack Sparrow, you comment. And you were like, there is no other option. It's only Jack. And I was like, okay, she's my vibe of a person. And I was like, I need to hear said rant from you about this. Because I hadn't ever given it too much thought. But, like, the young teenage girl in me that was super obsessed with Orlando Bloom as Legolas and also Will Turner <laughs> is, like, Look. Will is my boo, but also, like, you can't say no to Jack Sparrow. So no, that, you I can't. You can't. I feel okay. torn. So, here, okay. I'm not going to say that, like, Will Turner's not a great guy. I'm not going to say that, like, he's not handsome. He's not, you know, suave. He's all of those things. But when it comes to a direct comparison between the two, there's absolutely no competition. And look, I get I get people love Orlando Bloom. I love Orlando L Bloom. Like, I am a huge Legolas <laughs> fan as well. But he's not Jack Sparrow. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. I, I totally agree. I My mom is actually mentioning today when I was younger, when I was a teenager, I had, like, um, some film posters in my room. And it was Phantom of the Opera. Pride and Prejudice and Pirates of the Caribbean. Those are my three top tier favorite movies of all time. Nice. Still are to this day. Um, and so I was talking to Rebecca. I was like, I wish I had not gotten rid of those because, you know, they were so awesome. But I, it, your comment had gotten me thinking. I was like, who would I choose? Would I do Jack or Will? And then I actually, tying into Nightweaver, I'll, I'll kind of explain more later. Um, the two of them remind me in certain ways of Titus and Will a little bit. A little. Yeah, I said that um, J Jack was really giving off Will Turner vibes, even though he's not like a love interest. But um, I was getting a lot of Will Turner vibes from Jack. So Will Caster or Will Turner? 
Will Turner, sorry. Will Turner if in in Jack, like the the stable boy. Oh, okay. See, I was yeah. thinking Jack Sparrow is Will Caster. See That's what you so do, good. Rebecca? Yeah, no. It- <laughs> okay, so now that you're mentioning that, let me, th- I'm trying to think about it. So Will Turner. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I think my, my correlation, I was thinking about it this morning, was I feel like Will gives me Titus vibes in the... I don't, okay, so that's hard to say because we obviously don't get a lot of Titus in the book, but my, right. my thoughts going forward is like that, that kind of typical, like all end everybody else for this person that I care about kind of personality. And Will Turner was like, oh, I'll obliterate everybody for Elizabeth. Like that's my boo. And Jack Sparrow kind of makes me think like, you know, he's a little bit more Will Caster in that he's very calculating, not conniving, but like. Uh, if I have to kind of sell somebody out to save my own butt, I I will, um, which he did a few times in the movies, not, you know, out of malice or anything. It still always worked out, but I just feel like you can't hate either one. But Jack Sparrow just, he raised a whole generation, let's be honest. So exactly. you can't, you, you can't bad talk that in like any capacity. So here's the thing, even though like, yeah, it seems like he's willing to like give other people up and like backstab them he's really not because he is always five steps ahead of everybody he He i would argue is the smartest out of everyone he is so clever he just and he plays it off like he's dumb and i think that's the best part too is that it's so hidden beneath layers and layers of grime and grunge and humor that you don't expect him to be so brilliant but he really is probably the most intelligent person in the entire series i would i would heartily agree with that because my husband and i actually watched it for the first time in a long time again the other day and watching it as an adult i got some things and understood some things way better than i did as a kid um and i was like man like the guy really was like like you were saying five steps ahead he was thinking kind of like um it reminds me of um Aylin. From Throne of Glass, like how yeah. you don't think she is, but then you're like, dang, this chick is smart. She's like 10 steps ahead of everybody else. She has like already figured all this out, thought ahead, prepped and planned and put it in, in motion. And so watching them back, I can see where Jack is very much like that. So it is interesting watching the things that confused me as a kid. I understand now. And I told my husband, I was like, I cannot wait until our boys are old enough to watch this because. I want them to be as obsessed with this. And my boys are super into like a pirate phase right now. So like nice. literally at 7.30 yesterday morning, all I can hear is them screaming, fire cannons through the house and like running through the house with their, you know, pirate swords and all this stuff. I was like, man, this is the greatest. Right. Well, and then like, so Jack, like, I don't know. It's just like the way that, Okay. Warning if you're listening with children. <laughs> We're going to get a little rated R here for a second. Okay. Will is a lover. And that's super sweet. He'll caress you, whatever. Jack yeah. will take you. Let me tell you. Okay. If you compare the two sexually, you're going to have a much better time with Jack Sparrow. I'm just going to well, say it. <laughs> you know what? I'll agree with that because also Jack Sparrow probably has been around the block way more than Will. Yeah. So he's going to have that experience back. You know, if you're looking at like a dark romance, he's going to be like your, you know, dark, broody, main male character that's... He's your morally he, gray. 
Yes, he, he yeah. He knows his stuff. And Will is your super cute golden retriever who exactly. brings home the mom and dad and like Yeah, he's going to yeah. I totally agree with what you're saying. But is that really what we want? Is that really what we want, guys? Let's <laughs> just be honest with ourselves. We want that little <laughs> bit of danger. We want the unexpected. We want to be surprised. And yeah, look, I know <laughs> Elizabeth Swan is like super disgusted by him because he's a pirate and he's gross. And you know, yeah, he kind of took her hostage in the first movie, but like he didn't hurt her. He knew what he was doing. He knew that they weren't going to hurt her either. They weren't going to let him kill her because he's they calculated. Do though, <laughs> him and Elizabeth, there were some scenes where I was like, "Oh, there, there was <laughs> tension." I like, know, I yes, could have saw it going. Yeah. She, if she had at one point picked Jack over Will, I would not have been surprised. Uh, you know what? I, I wouldn't have been upset about it. I would have been yeah. upset for Will, but <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't have been mad about it. Well, even then, I feel like, look, Will, Will is, Will's the safe option. Because yeah. you, you know exactly what to get with him. Yeah, But true. Jack's the exciting one. That is true. So, as, as like... A romance goes again. No competition. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll agree with that. And you know, at the end of the day, even if you take the romance out of it, she has both of them in her life, so she she's doing well for herself. Yeah, no, she's fine. <laughs> I just, uh, it's just like Will Turner. He's he's such a good boy, and like, yeah, I understand that he you know commits treason technically, but <laughs> it's. But it was for love, so it's okay. I, I know. And I'm saying, like, look, Jack's a criminal, too. Like, he's a pirate as well. But he just seems to have more fun in life. Like, Will is so serious, and he's just, like, brooding all the time. And I'm just like, why are you so upset? Like, if it's not about Elizabeth, is there a reverse version of the, um, what, what's the test What's it called? I'm drawing a total blank. Where, like, if two women can talk about something other than a man, the Bechtel test, is that what it is? Oh, well, this is news to me. I'm just- <laughs> oh, my gosh. You've never heard of this? No. Yeah, Bechtel test. So a Bechtel test um, is in a form of media, either books or TV, movies, etc., um, where two women have a conversation without talking about a man. And okay. it was originally like a, um, I don't want to, hold on. I don't want to give the wrong information. So let me read on Wikipedia exactly what it says. So it says, it's a measure of the representation of women in film and other fiction. The test asks whether the work of, the work features at least two female characters who have a conversation about something other than a man. And it was like a point of proving that like women are worth more than just the value that a man gives them. It was a whole right. like feminist thing, but like, look, I, I believe in it. Like I believe that things should pass the Bechdel test, but is there a reverse one? Because will would fail. <laughs> okay. yeah he absolutely would but you know what I will say this how many women look for somebody to be as dedicated to them as he is yes but like okay, he's the high school sweetheart you really don't want to yeah. branch out you don't want someone that's like traveled 
and seasoned and experienced. <laughs> like you want to, you want the safe option. You know exactly. He was your first love. He's never touched another woman. Yeah, he's not going to look at other women. I get it. But like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> There's just no no excitement. Your most exciting thing now, especially at the end of the movies, is that you see him once, one every ten years. Ten years, yeah. That's really what yeah. you want. I don't know. For some people, that might that might be the private relationship for some people. Like, okay, he's gone doing under the sea. I can kind of do what I want for ten years. And okay, I mean, so, you're kind of selling me at that point. But <laughs> you know, he Spare time for all we know. So. That's true. And, and here's the thing, too. Like, is she just living on an island by herself with her and her son? Like, yeah, I, it I seems wonder. like a deserted island to me. I, I don't know. Am I am I, I missing something here? I've only seen that one once, and it's been a few years, but I do remember <laughs> that. That's the same thing. I was like, um, she's just really been like- on this island by herself for 10 years. She gave birth by herself. She raised a baby by herself. Like, That's these are of- old times. Baby bearing or having a baby, giving birth. I don't, I don't know what words I'm trying to say. That's a hard thing to do. And you're going to go live on a deserted island and raise a baby alone in the wilderness? Yeah, no. Ew. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Not for the faint of heart. Right. He's just, he's so layered. You never he know is. what to expect with him. With Will, you're, you know exactly what you to know expect. What you're you really yeah. do. That's yeah. Point. So... There's there's a short little little rant for you <laughs> <laughs> on a completely unrelated but semi related. Right. It's semi related and okay. Tell <clears throat> tell the people why it's related, Kristen. Okay. Why are so, we here? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we so for those just now tuning in, uh, we are, forty minutes later. <laughs> we are discussing Nightweaver and Nightweaver. I know a lot of it was very much heavily inspired by Pirates of the Caribbean meets kind of like Downton Abbey vibes, but also a little bit of like a Crimson Peak vibe to me, just with like the the, the supernatural, yeah. Yeah, the supernatural kind of stuff to it. Um because I was reading when I was reading it again, I was like, ooh, okay, that's that's dark. That's gross. Or <laughs> so it definitely gives me some Crimson Peak vibes. Um yeah, but, the bloody you know, the bloody parts, the gory stuff. Yes. I was yeah. I don't get squeamish, but I was just like, ooh, that's right. Nothing. <laughs> Not I was semi squeamish. <laughs> yeah, it's she she writes it well. And like to me, I think for it being I'll be honest, when I read it, I was really shocked that it was her debut novel because it was written Same. so freaking well. I, I even told her that after the fact. I didn't realize it was her first book for a while. And then I was like, this it's astounding to me because it does not read like a first novel. Like I'm reading this as if you've been publishing for like a while now. Um, it was very well done. And like the, oh, I don't know. I'm one of those people, it's kind of my personality trait. I'll get on something and if I love it, it's it's my world. I'm going to be obsessed for a while. Um, I'm going to become that. Like it, if I find a song, I'm going to play it repetitively like hundreds of yep. times for the next like four weeks. Um, Until so, I know all the words. Exactly. <laughs> So like reading Nightweaver, I just got sucked into it. And I remember I sent her my theories before the book even came out, before I read it. Just, I told her, I was like, okay, I'm like an FBI profiler here. I've creeped on all the posts. These are the theories and the assumptions that I have going into this before I've read this book. And I was actually really surprised because every single theory I had was correct. So after wow. I read it, 
I was, I think I stayed up till like three 30 in the morning reading it. Um, the first time I read it and she had told me, she's like, send me voice messages of your reactions. So I would, I would voice message her like, Oh my God. Okay. I just read this part and da da da. And I'd be like, I freaking knew that was going to happen. And so the last one I sent her, I was like, okay, it's three 45 in the morning. I've just finished this book. My entire family is sleeping or I would be screaming in this message right now. <laughs> um, it was so good. And I was telling her, I was like, I was shocked. I got every theory, right. But at the same time, I felt very validated. <laughs> so I was like, this is great. And I'm, I cannot wait for the next couple books to come out because I know she's going to take us on a journey mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm so ready for it. I am here for it. I'm excited for more. Like, I don't want to say like pirate scenes. Cause obviously they're, they're pirates, but it was all like on land at the manor for the most part. I'm mm-hmm. excited for more like high sea adventure. Me and her, we were talking about that um, because I think um, some other people had kind of said the same thing because <clears throat> it's pirate, you know, it's pirates and all of that is I think when you have a book series that's, you know, multiple books, so it's like four or five, six, seven, eight books. We kind of always know like the first one or two is probably going to be like setting the foundations before you launch into like a lot of other stuff. So I know the first one was mainly, you know, set on land, you get a little bit of the sea in the beginning, and then you get the sea at the very, very end. Um, so my guess is probably, I, I feel like the way that the first one ended, I feel like the second one probably will still be kind of foundational. And my guess is that <laughs> that one and then the third is where you're probably really going to start picking up, um, getting more like sea pirates and stuff. But I'm really excited yeah. to see those varying sides because it's interesting to see a little bit of the difference with personalities when they're on land versus sea. Um, and I, I freaking loved her. I think she said at one point in the book, like, that's it. I'm, I need to, it's been too long since I've stabbed something. And I'm like, I love her toughness and just her personality. That was one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> I, I have never tapped something so fast. I, if I was highlighting, that would be it. But <laughs> yep, I, did. I was like, where's my violet colored highlighter highlighting? I, I loved it. Yeah, I love that quote, though. But I think, number two, we're going to get a lot more. We're going to meet the king. Um, we're going to get, like, the yeah. kingdom. Castle Grand. Yeah. What I'm interested to see about that, I feel like the way the first one left off, <clears throat> my assumption is the same, that you're probably going to see, because they talk about going to the palace at the end of the first one. Right. So I feel like we're probably going to get... <clears throat> Sorry, water break. You're fine. You're fine. Take I your time. Like- this is a good point. If it uh, obviously from here on out, there's going to be tons of Nightweaver spoilers. So if yeah, you okay. haven't, I'm assuming if you're here, you've read Nightweaver. But if you if you haven't, I'm just letting y'all know. Walk away, Justin. <laughs> Walk away now because we, you have to go like, read it. This Come is back. Book you, need, you need to read. You need to have the experience of reading it on your own, beginning to end. And then come back to this podcast and listen <laughs> to the thoughts and theories because they're going to get a little, a little different, a little unhinged. Um, yep. But I, I feel like going into the second one, yeah, I, I think the way they ended it, we're probably going to see more Castle Grimm, which the thing I'm excited about, if we do, I am looking forward to seeing Titus in that environment because obviously we get like that, that soft side of him with her at the end, but mm-hmm. you know, like the way they refer to him as being like a monster and like really, really cruel. You were going to obviously have to see that at Castle Grimm. So I'm kind of like nervous, <laughs> excited to see that um, and how that plays out. But he's, if you're just, yeah, Titus is, he's my man. I was going to say, he, he seems like your, your choice. 
He is. Okay, I will say this. Titus is top tier. He's my boo. I hate Will. I can't. I can't. And that that's really where we connected. That really yes. is. Is our communal hatred of Will. <laughs> because it's not, it's not, as far as I know, everybody I've talked to, nobody else has that opinion. Um, everybody freaking loves Will. And I will say, Rebecca, good I, I don't get it. I'm not, I'm not trying to talk crap on people who like Will, like obviously like what you like, but I, I get don't it. get it. I, get- I don't. So I think, okay, so Rebecca, <laughs> this is where, girl, good job on your marketing because the way she markets him is like, oh, he's so sweet and yada, yada. And I love him. And I will say this. I think like the way she writes, she writes him so well to where he's being sweet and he's being like romantic and this and that. So I can see where for the romantic hearts, like they're going to be like, oh, how sweet. And like, dive into to that. take care of her. Yeah. yeah and they, they dive into that. But I'm sitting here reading all the in-between signs and I'm like, liar. I don't like this. Right. I told her, I was like, if somebody should be called Captain Shade, it's that one over there because he is shady AF. Like he, I don't trust him. He's manipulative. He's keeping, girl, like we're about to start diving into some notes because I have, rereading it last night, uh, it, it re- I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I was a little harsh the first time around. No, accurate, on the point because he, He's the worst. Like he's he's the best, and I think that's why people love him. But he's the worst. I just I I, I even went back in our messages um, on Instagram before I read the book because I I told her the other week I was like I wondered what I had sent you on my theories beforehand. My theories were that Titus was going to be Captain Shade. My theory was that Will lies to her either by an omission or by a straight out lie, and he's using her. And uh, my other theory is that she's the heir of Hildegard. I think, and okay. or that that something that something of equal power. And there are multiple references throughout the book that would back that up. So when I read it, and I, I texted, I was like, I knew it was going to be a lie of omission. He was keeping information from her. He was keeping her in the dark. And I like reading the whole thing. The thing I love uh, about Titus and why, in my opinion, he rates is number one. He's always like, you know, first of all, he calls her my love. I just, I read it in a yeah, certain way. I and I'm like, oh my God. Swoon. Every time. Like, <laughs> take me off my feet. Like, I'm yours. Say less. Uh, yeah. How he calls her my love. I just, I envision him with like a little bit of a swagger to him. Like, I, I can, he's, he's blonde and I'm rooting for him if that says anything. So. <laughs> I know. I, I never like the blonde kids. Well, ever. I'm loving this one. And <laughs> so I was super excited that he ended up being Captain Shade. Um, but. I think like he's always like, you know, it's your choice. He it references multiple times in the book, like, it's your choice, love, or you have to make the choice. And I'm like, see, he gives her reign over that. Whereas Will's like, well, I'm making these decisions or I'm just not telling you things because I didn't know or uh, you know, I didn't know how you'd handle it. And it, he oh, he's just he's manipulative. And I'm not a fan. Um, and he's and clearly teaching stuff. There's that point where Violet is like, everybody else makes choices for me. I need to make my own choice. This is my life. I'm taking charge. Yeah, and then, I think like, that was towards the, the end. Yeah, it was towards the end. And don't get me wrong. Like, I get, like, it took her time to get there. And the entire time, like, everybody has always made choices for her. And then she realizes how important making a choice is for herself. And right. then immediately, Will is like, well, no, we're not doing that. I've already decided. And uh, you have Titus <laughs> is like, uh, I- actually... It's what do you want to do? Right. Yeah. Oh, 
I love him. And then they're actually, so reading it this second time, and I was thinking about it before I read it. And I told Rebecca, I was like, I think I have a few new theories. And she was like, okay. And she never tells me. She'll be like, I'm just going to. Yeah, she, she won't tell me anything. <laughs> and she, she's like, I'm just going to sit here and zip my lips. I'm not going to say anything because um, mm -hmm. I don't want to experience. And I totally get it. Like, I I kind of want to know. But at the same time, I don't want to know because I don't want it to take away from when I get that reveal when I read it. Um, but I, I agree. It's thinking, just driving me crazy. Right? Oh, my God. I know. I'm impatient. I'm like, I need to know now. What happened? <laughs> and the one theory I started thinking about and I feel like is really a strong possibility after reading it again is so obviously we know will is a night weaver but he's a um a bone wielder so he has persuasion and you know it talks about how you know how he kind of helps put her to sleep throughout the books but I, girl i was highlighting the hell out of some stuff about <laughs> how he'll like when he touches her she'll feel a sense of calm and there was one scene in particular when they were in the library and her pain started ratcheting up a notch after he had let go of her. Um, but then also towards the end. So I think that aside from like, obviously there's persuasion. I think he can read her thoughts or something similar because there's multiple times where she'll be thinking something and then he says something kind of addressing what she was. And, oh girl, if I could, ah, I should have wrote it down. There were a couple of quotes in here where she mentioned something like, you know, he's looking at me like he can see what I'm thinking. And then literally at the very very end I think it's like I've got my book let me look I think it's on the last page where they pull her out from the water and they're like hey you were down there for like 12 hours looking all serious and she talks about um you know my my eyes meet Will's it hides beneath the immediate concern but I see it the glimmer of amusement in his eyes as if he knew what had happened beneath the surface as if he knew what it had all meant and I kind of paused for a minute because I was like I remembered him talking earlier about um night weavers at some point they had used the um what do you call it like consuming of human blood to try to enhance psychic abilities or the underlings did it might have been the underlings or might have been the night weavers um but i kind of wonder if he has ties with that like not just being able to kind of see her thoughts or something but having like psychic abilities to a degree because there are some other references throughout the book of where He'll say stuff that makes it seem like he already knew that that was going to happen or he had kind of foreseen it. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe he's, you know, when, when he's consuming like the human blood and stuff, if it's bringing out those abilities. Because obviously, like when he loses it towards the end, he goes unhinged. Um, Something that I ball. was talking to Rebecca about too is that like he reacts much more severely to human yeah. blood than all the other night weavers do. Yes, he does. Because I, I was paying attention to it when I was reading the ball scene. And I got to the point, I was like, um, where the heck is Will? Like everybody in That's here is like defending. Said. Where's yes. Hellboy? And I realized, <laughs> I was like, oh, he's out here like slaughtering and eating people, losing his mind. So I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, so he's consuming all this human blood. And it's like creating, because I think they said something about, he mentions the, the man in. So when, was it Mr. and Mrs. Hackney? when they're, you know, killed towards the beginning and he won't like go through the fountain to get to, to them to see what's on the thing. Um, cause he's like, I can't touch the blood. Like, right. You know, the weavers, it's it, you, the, the stories aren't always false. Like it is true that it can make you go unhinged and it can make you, I think he said like two times more deadly than a, a gore or whatever. And 
you know, then obviously she goes in and then it reveals like, okay, she's a night weaver. Um, and she was fine. Yes. But what yeah. was interesting is when he, what was it? So, oh, her brother was like, your eyes, Violet, like what's wrong with your eyes? And then he erased the brother's memory. There are so many times throughout the book. I, I think there's at least three or four that I've highlighted in reference where he made the comment like, oh, you look, um, what did he say? It was something like, you look like a queen. There is the multiple references yes. of her looking or being similar. To, I'm like, that's because she's the heir of Hildegard. This is why she's the queen of uh, the mother of queens. I think is what they refer to her as. Um, when when he the makes the the flower crown. Yes, with the yes, myth, yes, yes. Okay, so I did listen on the part of the podcast that you and Rebecca were talking about. I really started paying attention to the flowers and the flower like meanings. Yes. And I thought that was very interesting when he made her the flower crown. And then um, there was somebody else that had a reference like, you know, her looking, oh, the girls are like, oh, you look like a princess. And somebody else yeah, was like, when they were know, getting ready for the ball. Yeah, something fitting for a queen. And I was like, there's, and then uh, what I thought was interesting, Titus's medallion. So I, I'm, I'm still trying to, look, I'm a spitballer. I have to talk through my theories to work them out for myself. You're and y'all are on the receiving end of working, <laughs> working for somebody. <laughs> Because he has the medallion, and he says at the end, this medallion is um, the heir of Hildegard's medallion or whatever. So I'm sure that, you know, you'd get a lot of money for it. And um, I found it interesting how in the beginning, when, you know, she's like, they get captured, and she's like up on the chopping block, so to say. And he goes, you little thief, and he takes it back. And, you know, it's like, why would I, why would I get, like, let you go when I've been looking for, like, I just found you. And I'm like, okay, so he's been looking First for her. All, yeah, I know. I'm like, you, for... you've been looking for her. What? I'm oh like, my gosh. He has a medallion. <laughs> like, what is going on? And he has this. And see, here's my thing. So Titus is a is a prince, which means he's going to be a king. And if she's the heir, she'll be a queen. So a king and a queen should yep. be together. I'm just saying. No, you're you're not wrong. And so my first initial, I really liked Henry with her. <gasps> Okay, so I did get a first second figure. It threw me off. I got a vibe because like when they hated each other. Right. And then they started becoming friends. And then there were a few scenes where I was like, uh, they're really sweet together. They, they the are, only like, go that way. Right. The only reason that I don't want Henry and her to get together is because Henry was so in love with, with Dorothy. With Dorothy, exactly. And I feel heartbroken for him because he lost her yeah. on a couple occasions and like he couldn't be with her to begin with it like at the very beginning that's the only reason that i'm like okay i don't want them to be together because i want henry to be happy with dorothy but like dorothy's gone and yeah, I, he needs time to heal so he can't immediately he just does. jump into a relationship with violet if it ends up in the end i wouldn't be upset because they have so many similarities and they can lean on each other in a way that nobody else can because they're both survivors of the death whale. I think that they are going to be the best of friends. I, well, I okay, agree. I'm going to go ahead and put this out there in the universe. I'm <laughs> going to be interested to see what happens when Will is a complete jerk and either destroys her, betrays her, or breaks her little heart. And Henry and her are best little friends. And now he's stuck in the middle. And I wouldn't be upset with her being with Henry, except for the fact that that means she's not with Titus and I'm not okay with it. <laughs> like, to me, their end game. They will be together. I, yeah. and, uh, Becca, just so you know, if it doesn't end that way, I still love you and I will still read and love what you write. But um, this is the way I'm predicting that it's going to go. I think they will end up because I, I caught on to it this time. Um, when, so what, 
what scene? Oh, when they were dancing at the ball. And I didn't catch this the first time, but when he goes to like transfer her over to somebody else and he holds her hand, he goes, did you feel that? And she looks at yes. him and then he goes, feel what? And then he gets interrupted. I'm like, what did he feel? Exactly. <laughs> and, what and is it? <laughs> I felt like it's hiding at the end because when they go, when she's under the water and he's watching her and as soon as she blows out her breath, he puts his mouth to hers to blow breath into her mouth so she can breathe. And then the, you know, there's like a pulse and the ocean pushes him away. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. There's really like a super, uh, to me, I think there's a really deep connection. Cause if you look in the book, there are so many references to like her being able to feel his heartbeat or like feel the, the pulse of his blood or, you know, the water in his veins and like, his heart it was beating, like the, like the warmth, um, even though she's wearing gloves, like the warmth of his hand, yeah. like there was a lot. Yeah. And then even just like the eyes, like the connection between them and the feelings. And so this is what I think. I, I This was from Rebecca the other week. I feel like looking back on it, I think Will, obviously we know he uses the persuasion to help her sleep. I think that he is kind of putting thoughts in her mind, like influencing how she feels about him. I think that mm. a lot of her feelings are because of him. I think he's persuading those feelings. Because he even talks about he's a more powerful Nightweaver with persuasion than typical. And maybe that ties into why the blood is so sensitive to him. Maybe he's more powerful overall. Um, because there was a scene, I'm trying to think which one it was. Um, it was when they were on the um, the train in the beginning after he's you know gotten them and they're taking them over to um, Bloodgrave Manor where he is kind of like coming across like he's reading her mind like you know don't forget to take food back to your family when she had just been thinking that right but then she talks about there's like a whole scene where um he i think stands up and oh i know what it is because girl i highlighted and tabbed so <laughs> right here um where he grabs a hold of her wrist at the connection a feeling of familiarity pulses through me and then um, I forced myself to move, but I can't shake the feeling that swept over me at his touch. And then she says, um, I realize as he gently takes me by the hand at the same time, overwhelming calm washes over me, dissolving all tension and soothing all fear. And when she doesn't pull away and he kisses her knuckles, the wave of calm floods through her hand, warm and pleasant. And he then says, Violet, a name fit for a, and then she walks away. See, fit for a queen. That's what he's yes. going to say. Yes. Leads to my theory. <laughs> That he's psychic and knows this crap. And yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. And I, I'm starting to think he's persuading her feelings for him and being manipulative because he's not trustworthy. I was going to say, let's stop using the word persuading because that's not what it is. He has ulterior motives and <laughs> he's a snake in the grass. Uh <laughs> Agreed. Well, he, okay. is because she, she told me that night weavers, bone wielders have persuasion and underlings have compulsion. So right. they can, so they're similar, but still kind of different. So he can't can, like compel her to do something, but he can use the persuasion to influence that stuff. But agree, he's a snake in the grass and he mm -hmm. cannot trust it. No. In the slightest. Not and what's all. interesting, you know, his uncle Killian, what I find interesting is when he's going through like the history of everything with her and teaching her about silks and gores and all of that, um, even he seems pretty peeved that like, Okay, He's like, why didn't you tell her the information that she needed? You've right. been hiding this information from her. You right. had a month and you haven't done it. And this is what I thought was interesting is, um, you know, when she's in the stables and then Jack is going to teach her how to ride. 
yeah. they have, you know, Calgo, but then there's Thea, which is the unicorn. And she references like, you know, this, uh, this is, I thought was another myth. Like I didn't think these things existed. And Jack like mockingly says, Oh, Annie talks about in her book, like, um, unicorns can only be ridden by those pure of heart. And I was like, Ooh, highlighting. Cause I have a feeling that's going to come back somewhere and maybe it doesn't, but I found out there was a scene where I think it's at the very end when Annie is missing. And so they run from the stables to go find her. And she goes, why don't you take Thea? And he like ignores her and just leaves. But Killian was riding Thea at some point. So Ooh. I was like, okay, so if that's true, then Killian has a pure heart. He's got good intentions and he's genuinely trying to help her. And so he'd be able to ride her. And I wonder if, because Will, I don't think maybe does have a pure heart. Maybe that's, ties in later maybe it doesn't maybe it's totally unrelated but i just thought it was kind of an interesting no that's such a good catch why point. wouldn't he why wouldn't he take her there's no excuse she's gonna be faster first of all mm -hmm. and you're yeah. you're just gonna run off no you're on to something babe you was, you you hit that oh my god i well, missed that the first time too because he um when killian was like why haven't you you know, taught her any of this. And I think she ends up thinking at some point too, um, how, you know, everything that Will was talking to her about, she, she says like, he always talked about, um, what do he say? Uh, capturing a silk. He never told her how to kill a silk or that that was possible. Mm -hmm. Killian was the one that showed her the daggers from the red Island and said, Hey, these are what you have to use to kill them. And she was like thinking back to a conversation her and Will had where, you know, a lot of times they ended up talking in the conservatory about other things, but he kind of was more intent on discussing how to capture them. And then if she tried to discuss something else, he would change the subject. And so it made yeah. me wonder, why does he want to capture them? Why doesn't he want to kill them? What, what is the reason for him wanting to capture one specifically that he would intentionally not tell her that it's possible to banish them? And if, so, if yeah. he's so concerned with her safety too, why doesn't he give her a weapon? Because it's Killian right. that gives her the gun and the daggers. All Will yeah. does is he's like, oh yeah, they're super dangerous. You should stay away. And then goes on a freaking boat trip for three months or however long he was gone. I know. Like, it. he just oh. left her completely unprepared. open. Yeah, unprepared. Didn't give her any information. So he has this secondary thought process here that like his main concern is not her safety it's not and i think it's super suspicious that they don't attack when will's not there why is there not any sort of trauma or tra tragic event that happens when will's gone <laughs> okay 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 that's so, yeah. like, otherwise, I don't think yeah. he would have been comfortable. If he really does love her, he really does want to keep her safe. Why would he leave her unprepared and just unarmed? Well, but, but, see, I wondered that. And then reading it again, it talks into, because, you know, the main point, one of the main reasons he went with Titus was because he could sense that there was human magic on her bracelet. And it had <laughs> enchantments on it. And so okay. he wanted to go see. So here's the thing, though. Because uh, this is, again, ties to why I think he's psychic and already clearly knows who she is. And they even say that then. He already knew 
who you were and what you are. Owen tells yeah. me that. He, know, he knew before he met you what you were and who you are. And, you know, Owen really drives home like you cannot trust Will. Like he's kept all this stuff from you. And so I wonder if, I mean, to me, I question everything he does because I feel like there's an ulterior motive for like you're not getting all the information. He is very shady about everything. Um, I think he's a good actor. Now, at the same time, I kind of wonder because the way he behaved at the end when he said, you know, but you're supposed to be going to Castle Grimm to be knighted. But you're not going to go. You're going to go and be far away with Captain Shade. I don't want you in this world. Part of me wonders, okay, is he genuinely starting to get feelings for her and, like, care for her? Which I don't care even if he does. He's not deserving of her. Oh, you're, yeah. But I, I wonder <laughs> if he's really genuinely starting to care for her. And, like, now he's starting to question some things. But, because even at the end it says Titus looked pissed finding out that he kept some information from her. Because she talks about, like, the swirling storm in Titus's eyes of like anger, finding out that he kept things from Violet. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. And I, the thing I wonder between him and Will, I'm curious about their friendship. They're clearly very close and very loyal. I know they grew up in court together, but why are they so like the loyalty? Cause that specific word, even Titus, when he had her in the garden during the ball and, you know, he kind of tricked her to think like, <clears throat> Um, he was going to hurt her or like, oh, I know about the order. Tell me what you know and I'll let you live or whatever. And then it turns out he's part of the order is there's a scene where he's like kind of leaned up close to her and he goes, you know, you're brave. And she describes like the closest and the connection between them. And he goes and loyal. And then he like backs off because I think he feels like he's betraying Will by having any feelings towards her. Cause he seems to, to think that Will has genuine feelings for her. And I think he's developed feelings for her. So I think mm -hmm. he feels like he's being disloyal to because Will. Because it's his best friend. Right, by having any feelings. Yeah. Clearly they're meant to be together. But my point is, um, <laughs> I find it interesting how that whole thing may play out. But I'm like, how are you guys good friends? Like, what is your story? What is your history? I wanna know about you two and how y'all came to be in all this together. Because I, I won't lie, I kind of wondered in the beginning when, you know, the silk, she banishes the silk and it runs into the room that Annie is in and she tells her, I won't hurt you. And then Will knocks her out. Mm -hmm. I kind of wondered, was the silk going to Will maybe? Because that, I don't know, like that's, that's a theory I'm not sure, like I'm still working through in my head because like you pointed out, nothing happened while he was gone aside from Percy being a jerk and like branding her a pirate nothing like paranormal well, yeah but that that wasn't the underlings coming at all the under right, so you're telling me the right. silks are actively hunting her owen yes. is actively hunting her and nothing happens the entire time that will's gone exactly like why is there and so because you know at the end um there were multiple references to like owen i think was telling her about morana and then like oh that night weaver of yours he knew this and didn't tell you this and he kept your bracelet blah 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 and then he said she underestimated him she she didn't give him clear instructions and i'm like okay who is she is he like i don't know on one hand i don't see him being in league with the bad people on the other hand i can kind of see it a little bit like maybe he well here's the thing too so owen says you can't trust will right and mm -hmm. I don't think we're supposed to trust Owen because he's been revealed to be the villain the whole time. But 
Owen's her brother. If and he's still anybody, trying to protect her. Exactly. If anybody wants to still protect her, it would be Owen over Will. Oh, you know what I wondered, actually? I, I noticed this reference a couple of times of a raven watching her. And mm -hmm. it didn't with me until I read it again today. He talks about, I forget which scene it is in the movie, but it's, or in the movie, in the book. In the when <laughs> her, and it will be a movie one day. I manifest it. It will. Um, and when they're up in, like, the tower on the boat, she has, like, a flashback. And he talks about, you know, one day... I want to be a I want to be a bird so I can travel and fly and be free basically. And mm -hmm. then so she has this raven following like watching her and when he says I know about this and I know about that I know about this and she realizes he was the raven watching her it made me wonder okay what else has the raven been watching and what else right. has the raven seen that he's telling her like you can't trust him. So what does he cuz she even says what do you know how do you know Will knew this and he doesn't give her an answer. Right. So I'm like, oh man, I, like I said, team Titus all the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, and by the end, I really did like Titus. I was even at one point, I was like, I don't know. I want to see her with Captain Shade. That was before, obviously like the reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was like, uh, the only thing was the first time we meet Captain Shade, we can't see his face. So we don't know how old he is. And so I was really like torn between picturing Captain Shade, like under the mask yeah. as like, a 40-year-old man versus, you know, somebody her age. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only reason I kind of, when I read the book, I just read the book as, like, Titus is Captain Shade. There was no other option for me. <laughs> you just knew it. Because, because in her post, you know, she talks about Captain Shade has, like, blue eyes. And I was like, Titus has really blue eyes. So, like, I'm just going to go with that being the person. Um, yeah. I'm going to laugh super hard if she makes us just, like, hate Will Makes him shady. And then, like, he's the good guy in Titus. is bad. Like, that's not going to happen. But no. But no. She, it was interesting to me seeing, um, like, aside from her connection with Titus, like, because they don't interact a ton in this book. And really not to the very, very end either. Um, you know, her mom, like, that whole night with the ball, like, her dad being killed. And then her mom kind of, like... I don't know. Her mom's a little, mm, I don't know. Her, her, I have some questions about her mom because like clearly her parents do something. Her dad says something um, right before he, you know, is killed or whatever about like, what does he say to her? Um, I knew they'd come for you. I'm not gonna, you know, let them take you or whatever. And um, he always says, I think I always knew they'd come for you, but I won't let them take you. And then earlier in the night when she had gotten dressed in her, her clothes and everything and um, her mom, you know, says, my, my. And her, she asked her mom, like, do you like my dress? And she said, you were born to wear this dress. And it was right after the girls had said she looked like a princess. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, because your mom knows who you are and what you're born to do. So and I, I do have questions about her parents. Okay. One, I definitely like her dad more than her mom because I feel like her dad never. Agreed. Straight lied to her. Obviously, he kept secrets as, like, a parent would. I totally get that. But her mom, when she goes to her mom and is like, hey, is there magic on our bracelets? Her mom is like, no, of course not. That'd be blasphemy or whatever her mom says. Something yeah. about, like, no, that's illegal. Like, her mom lies straight to her face. Whereas her dad, yeah, he might have secrets, but he was trying to protect her. And, like, it was very obvious. Like, he literally killed himself to protect her. Yeah. And so... I, I do like her dad more than I like her mom. I get, 
either way. I, I get their, you know, her, they're her parents. They love her. But who do you think is the Night Weaver? Her mom, her, or her dad? So I have two theories of this. One of each? No. <laughs> well, so here's the so Owen, Owen even says her and him, so Owen and her are different from the rest of their siblings. The other siblings don't have affinities like right. they do. So I'm curious, why are her and Owen specifically more, just more? Like, what's going right. on with that? But my thought was, okay, are they actually her parents? Or, like, is she, you know... Was she, like, found as a child and they just, like, adopted her? Yeah, because let's just go Let's just go with the theory that, let's say she is the heir of Hildegard. And she's, like, daughter of the sea. She's a queen. Like, she's going to be a queen. Let's go with that Daughter theory. of the sea, too, first of mm -hmm. all. Right. Yeah. Daughter of the Sea. So <laughs> either, either they are her parents and I, I don't know. I feel like maybe it would be more on her mom's side. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I've questioned the same thing. Like which parent would it be? Cause it really doesn't give you any hint or clue as to which way it could go. Um, here, here's the thing too, is like, if she is really blood related to the rest of her siblings and only her and Owen have, the Nightweaver gene, so to speak, that would have to mean that, yes, they have the same mom. But yeah. her mom would have had to have a different man in between the siblings because she has an older sister. So there's an older sister and True. an older brother between Owen and Violet. There's True. two other kids. And the thing is, if she, let's say they took Owen and Violet in, you know, together then the, the two that are in between would have been young enough to remember that. So, right. yeah, that makes sense. Well, because I'm trying to think when Owen was talking to her, because um, he says, when she asks, like, what does he say? You know, he's telling her, like, you, you're um, cursed or whatever, and, you know, you're going to get sick being far from the sea. Like, it's slowly killing you. And she says, you know, you're lying. And he goes, I wish I was. Your Nightweaver knew this. Um, he's known since the moment he laid eyes on you exactly who and what you are. And then she asks him, what are we? And he said, abominations. And when she said, you know, what about our brothers and sisters? Are they part Nightweaver too? He said, they don't possess an affinity, if that's what you're asking. Not like you and me. I don't know which of our parents befouled our blood. I don't care and neither should you. And that's when she says, how did Will know about my affinity? Telling him to like tell her and he just wouldn't answer her so i don't so the siblings are night weavers they just don't have powers i'm that's kind of how i read it right because uh, then he even says something to her about like i'll keep i'll share my secrets secrets that your night weaver has kept from you so oh, yeah no we know he's lying yeah and so i'm like <laughs> uh, it's curious to me now that owen has the better understanding because he's an underling and Morana and all that, the side of that that we're not seeing and we don't know what's going on in that world, what's happening, what he knows. And like you pointed out, even though he's like being bad and stuff, like at the end of the day, he still wars with like, you can still see a little bits of Owen coming through where he's trying to protect his sister. Um, right. Even kind of like a twisted way is I'm like, girl, listen to your brother and what he is <laughs> telling you. Like, don't be stupid now. Okay, let's not play little, you know, like, oh, well. No. And the fact that he calls her, that she gets nicknamed Little Mouse, and they call her um, they call her that um, quiet like a mouse multiple times throughout the book. And so I don't know if that's just like 
a cute little saying or if that's something that will end up having more meaning down the road maybe. But I don't know. I'm I'm really hoping we get a lot more of Violet and Titus interactions in the next book going sure forward. We will, because they're going to be a team now because they're doing something that Will doesn't want to do. Yeah. Will is against this plan. So either oh, Will is going to leave them mm -hmm. to go do it on their own, which he's not going to because he's a control freak. So he's yeah. going to go with them <laughs> and try to like stop them the whole time. And I, I think they're going to be like one in the same. They're going to have the same goal and the same like ideas. And they're going to be making the plans together. And Will's going to either have to like catch up or is trying to like actively um, sabotage them. And I think because Titus seems very loyal to Will, I think any connection or clear like, because you know how you read these books and you have some of like faded mates. So it's like they, there's no real control over the, the deep like soul connection that they have. I feel like that similar thing is her and Titus. There's clearly something much deeper on like a soul level to them because it's this reference like his lilting voice. She feels safe with him. Um, they feel like they've known each other their whole life. There's just like a familiarity there. I'm like, yes, because y'all are meant to be guys like just don't fight it. I feel like Titus is going to probably be hesitant for one because he's loyal to will but two he has a fiance the princess of yeah but that's an arranged marriage it doesn't count it is no it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> but but because she's possessed and they're trying to yeah you know, silk i think it will be really interesting to see if we do go to castle grim in the second book if we are seeing these bits and places play out how those interactions come to be because obviously we've seen like where will when he's in private with her we get that sweet, doting, like, you know, caring stuff. Because even at, at the ball, she says, why are you telling me this here? And she realizes, like, because he can't tell me this out there. Like, there, because, you know, Nightweavers can't be with humans. There's no possible way that they can be anything outside of friends out in the world. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if when but they're she's a Nightweaver. So she's a half Nightweaver, which is true. But remember, they don't want other people knowing that. I know, like, I know. So, so let's, say, <laughs> let's say if the second book does does kind of go off to the castle or whatever, it'll be interesting to see if he's as aloof with her there and very indifferent with her there as he is at home. Mm -hmm. Because keeping appearances, you know, not letting on that like she is a night weaver, um, how that plays out. But um I'm I'm really interested to see, like at the end, you know, like I said, when he kisses her to give her air when they're in the water and it like shoves him back because it, you know, they call her daughter of the sea. And then this is the part that I'm not super sure about. It says the queen of this world has risen. She who lurks in the shadows, devouring the light. Only blood can heal the land. Only truth can mend the past. The true king sees. And then they say, you know, the judgment is coming. I was like, okay, what queen of the world? Who's lurking in the shadows? Which blood? Because the thing that I wondered is, um, do you remember when, the when Owen has Annie and um Lord Castor, and then Will ends up erasing his dad's memory, and she's like recalling that that scenario. And it's when he was like, you know, the dad tells Will, You can't help her, she's doomed, like basically, she's cursed. I wonder if there's like a, a prophecy or something of like her, her death or her reign or something being part of like what turns the tides with you know, the night weavers and the underlings and that whole thing. Cause it talks about like how in awe Titus is like, he's looking at her with reverence and awe the way he was looking at the Hildegard statue the same way when he yeah. was talking about 
Hildegard. So I'm like, clearly, I feel like there's a huge tie with her to Hildegard and queen of something. But I'm like, queen of what? Are you the heir of Hildegard? And like, you're queen of Nightweavers? Or like, what exactly are you? Um, and then how that will play into like her and Titus having that connection on a deeper level. Well, let's let, okay. So talking about the riddle, it says mm-hmm. like the, read it again for me. Cause it I don't says, have my book in front of me. Daughter of the sea. And then further down, it That's says her. the queen of this world has risen. She who lurks in the shadows, devouring the light. Only blood can heal the land. Only truth can mend the past. She presses her hand to my cheek, her touch like fire, and says, the true king sees. Okay. So let's break this down. Okay. So she's daughter of the sea. Yes. In agreement. Okay. Yes. The second line was... um... So it says... Yeah, line by line. What's the next one? It says, all around me, the brilliant gold dust shimmers in the air, encapsulating me in its dazzling glow. A figure takes form, gilded dust in the shape of a woman, nearly too bright to look at. I shield my eyes, cowering slightly. The queen of this world has risen. She who lurks in the shadows, devouring the light. Only blood can heal the land. Only truth can mend the past. And then she kisses her cheek and says, the true king sees. Um, A reminder and a solemn vow before the dust dissipates, leaving me alone once more. And then she hears, I don't know the language, but, you know, another quote. And that basically means I am the judgment. Yeah. So it says um, she has risen, right? Yeah, the queen, the queen of this world has risen. And that is right after Violet realizes who she is, after she realizes she gets her power from water and she accepts that about herself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so daughter, I think we can. The queen of this world has risen. So, th- so I think what, that's Violet's come into her power. Yeah. Um, those who lurk in the shadows. She who lurks in the shadows, she. devouring the light. That's what throws me off. I'm like, are we talking about Marana? Are we talking about... She okay. who lurks in the shadows, devouring the light. Okay, so let's kind of tangent a little bit. First of all, her family ship's name is the Lightbringer. Yes, which the Lightbringer was also a name for Morana. Exactly. When she- was the second in command for the true king before she betrayed him and he banished her. Right. So the fact that the name is the Lightbringer, it's connected to Marana, and then here in the riddle that says about shadows and light, that that's all that's all connected somehow. It is. Sure. And then for the next thing to be only blood can heal the land. I hope not Violet's blood because my homegirl can't know. Um, well okay i I always try to find connections to go back to pirates of the caribbean right remember in pirates where like they needed will turner's blood to end the curse yes 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 i totally forgot about that true yeah yeah yeah. so it probably has something to do with that right like probably by i don't know i'm kind of reading that's like maybe violet's blood can help heal the land only truth can mend the past. What is the truth, Will, keeper of lies? Do you know? Right. Can <laughs> you help us out? So I do want to talk about the ending for a second, just to hate on some Will some more. Um, <laughs> yes, please, let's do. When, when she wakes up, first of all, Will's not even in the room. Okay. True. And I just want to point out that Titus has a higher standing in many aspects. One, he's the prince. Two, he's the captain. 
he is above Will in every way, like as far as authority goes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So why is Titus hanging out by her sleeping, like ne- bedside, waiting for her to wake up, as opposed to Will? Okay, devil's advocate here. It is Titus's ship, so it's probably the captain's quarters, and she's been out okay. for so I'm going to say he probably has her in, you know, Captain Shade's quarters because she talks about how fancy like the bed posts and the bedding okay. is. And all that. So my guess was like, it's his ship. She's in the captain's quarters and she's been out for a week. So like, you can't be by somebody's side every second of the day. Um, because I act girl, I have that whole thing highlighted. Um, I thought it was <laughs> interesting after she is poisoned and you can hear, so she hears them. She's obviously knocked out, but she can hear them talking and, you know, a lilting voice reaches me from far away and it sounds devastated, though I can't imagine why. And he's saying the poison is spreading, the enchantment around her heart is failing, blah, 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 blah. And then it says, you know, it's when Titus is whispering to her, wake up, love, now is not the time for dying. I don't know why, that's one of my favorite quotes. I freaking love that I love it so much, oh my gosh. Um, And she talks about, he whispers, live, Violet, remember you have to live. And then she remembers those are the words that Captain Shade said to her when he rescued her from the death whale. and then he, so Captain Shade says, I've done all that I can. It's up to her now. Fight the change or accept it. It's her choice. And that's when she goes into my choice and all the things she hasn't had a choice in. Um, I feel like, so when she wakes up, you know, he goes, oh, like, there she is. A week's a long time to take a nap. And then, um, he hugs they're on the her. Yeah. First of all, he goes and yeah. hugs her. Which, <laughs> love. Um, and so he goes, welcome aboard the Star Chaser. And, and this is right after she talks about she's a star. By the way, brilliant. Oh, but good. yes, yeah, I, yes, because she literally—it was when she was recollecting. Um, yeah, when, when she's bird. unconscious and she she talks about he wanted her, to be a bird. Yeah, her and Owen sitting up there because he said yeah. something to her along the lines of like you know one day we'll all be stars then we'll truly be free because she talks about what her sister thinks stars are and you know talking about Titus's keys and the constellations and all of that. Um, and then I think like when she, where is it? Cause I literally just saw it. Um, you know, her and Owen are having that, that memory. And then he says, Oh, she says, I will not let them take me. Not the wa- night weavers, not the underlings, not even the stars live Violet. I choose to live. And then that's when the like two pages over, he goes, welcome aboard the star chaser. Yeah. So I think there's a big connection there between the two of them. One, Titus, he's named after a constellation, and she is obsessed with constellations. She knows all their stories. Okay. Two, um, his ship is called the Star Chaser, Chaser, and she literally just said, I'm a star. Mm. Um, This is why it's so fun talking to somebody else. I know. That I didn't didn't think about. Yeah. So I I think there's a lot of really big meanings in I talked to Rebecca about this a little bit on the episode we did but I think there's a lot going on with the names of the ship specifically um yeah. and I think uh Titus's ship being called the Star Chaser is going to be a big part in his relationship with Violet right I think there's going to be a lot of symbolism there but going I, I, back to to her waking up though unless you well, were you going to say something about that no, well, no, I just in this general scene, now that you're saying there was something about her name being Violet, too. Crap, I can't remember where it's at in the book. I think it's when, um, 
he was talking about her namesake, Violet, and then the meaning of Violet and what they're used for. And I felt like that's probably going to kind of come into play a little bit too, as far as significance to names and meanings of names. Because obviously Titus is the the constellation named after like the original, like most revered pirate. pirate. Yeah. Um, who like wrote the Pirates Creed and all that. So I'm very interested to see how I they play out. I, I always kind of said like Violet is a flower. And so that was kind of her connection to Will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like, she kind of has pieces of all of them. Because she's at one point says that, like, her home is the ocean, right? Titus smells like the sea. And then when she's on the sea and she's hugging Will, or, like, at the end, and she's like, he smells like home. Yeah. Meaning right. back at the manor. Yeah. Where all her family is. I inhale the scent of roses and damp earth that clings to his hair and his skin. Home, my heart cries, but we're far from Bloodgrave Manor now. That's not your home, bitch. You're back on the ocean where you belong. <laughs> well, because the thing is with her Titus, it always talks about the brine of the sea, the salt in the air. Yeah. Um, he always like smells like that. And then it creates like deeper physiological responses in her when he is like that. Um, so I don't know. But the thing is, do you notice multiple times in the book, she references particularly to Will what does he stand to gain? My mother always said kindness is the greatest deceiver. And in a world full of monsters, Will is far too kind. And then what yes. does he stand to gain? That's like her biggest thing. And then why is he so loved by humans, but so feared by other Nightweavers? He's feared right. by viewers, by humans, by a lot of people. Why, why is he so feared? Um, and like when they were on the train and he was like, he's going to kill me if you don't come back with me. Like he's going to kill me. I'm terrified of him. He, besides when he's, like, overtaken with the blood, we never see him be violent in any way. Yeah. Mm. Because I think he's, like, mental warfare. I think he's, like, yeah. mind-screwing people. Yeah. He's knowing, if he's persuading her feelings, he's persuading her thoughts in her mind, so he doesn't have to get, you know... Me, I don't know. Right. If he can read her mind, that's going to be a million times worse and like more betrayal than it already is. I will never forgive him. I don't care what redemption arc you give him. No. (laughs) So I feel like he very well may have a redemption arc. Personally, I told Rebecca, I was like, this is going to make me sound crazy. I was like, I look forward to all the people that are huge, like, Will fans for when they realize he's awful and that he betrays Violet and their hearts shatter and break. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. I know it's going to happen. And then like Titus and her, uh, the only thing I'm afraid of a lot of times you see this with like series is like books three or four, like say your characters get the happy ever after, but they grew through hell to get to that happily ever after. Right. Like, Please don't put my babies to the ringer. Like <laughs> let, let it be light. Like I know it's not going to be, I know it can't be. Um, but please give her and Titus some like <laughs> just take it easy on my babies, please. But I go go we, on. Right. I I think we do get a little like a couple little nuggets of Will's true nature in a couple different areas. So at the very end, when she wakes up and Titus hugs her, Will comes bursting in the room and he's like, Why didn't you come get me? I'm like, bro, it's literally been 20 seconds. Like he, you're busting. Yeah. So I'm like, let's calm down a little bit. Like that was very aggressive to me that one, he's talking to his superior that way. 
And yes, two, he's busting in the room like, why didn't you come get me? I'm like, why weren't you here? If you're really concerned for her, I understand that, like, yeah, you might have to go to the bathroom or whatever, but, like, he wasn't there. And yeah, also, yeah. how did he know that she I woke up? Because he, exactly, he busted in so fast and so sure that, like, she's awake. And the very first thing he says is, why didn't you come get me? He knew already before he came into that room that she was awake. And I think you're onto something that, like, he he sensed her memory or her mind, like, wake up almost. Like, he was listening for it. So I know this is... So with Will, I didn't think about this at all until you mentioned it in one of your podcasts. And I forget exactly what she said it meant. But what are your thoughts on, like, when they were at the ball, the red carnations and the flower meetings with him and her? So... Oh my gosh. Okay. Do you have what the white carnations meant? Ooh, so there's white lilies. Oh, white, white lilies. lilies. Okay. Girl, I do. Let me I let I me. do know the white the white lilies were like the end of something. Uh, um, oh, it means the end of things and new begin and like now you have new beginnings. It's basically new the beginnings, end of yeah. And new beginnings. And that actually references two or three times specifically to new beginnings. Um, because her mom walks through a field of, um, what do you call it? Of, uh, white lilies after they do like their little ceremony for Owen's death. So out of pure curiosity, I just Googled meaning of carnations and a red carnation in real life has the meaning of alas, my poor heart aches. Hmm. That's interesting because I feel like the other things that I had looked up are like love and devotion for a red carnation. Oh, really? I mean, that was just the one that I. Oh, okay. So here's this one says, "My poor heart aches." But there's another one I just clicked on a different one that says, "Admiration and worldly sentiments." Um. Oh, heart healing and self-love, protection and passion. Ooh, this is interesting. But, okay, so my question is, though, like, it's not something that, like, he gives to her or that, like, is given to Violet. It's decorating the room surrounding Nightweavers. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be a love thing. Yeah. I I think it's going to be something different. I think there, I think this is where she's... I think it's going to be tied Deviating. to her. Right. Yeah. Like maybe tying to something like deeper with her. Yeah. Ooh. Talking about the ball though. So uh, here's another little nugget of like what I think is Will's true personality is when she shows up at the ball. Um, first of all, like, he doesn't go looking for her. Yes, it says that he went to the kitchen to try to find her, but, like, you only look one place, and you're like, oh, she's not here. Might as well call it quits. Like, obviously, you weren't trying that hard. Two, when she does go to the ball, and he sees her, he's immediately, like, pissed off and is like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Oh, he's angry, but to be fair, that that annoyed me at first, too, but then having reread it yesterday, um, it's because his dad was using her, not caring if the cost was her life. No, 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 because he's using he her too. I think that's his excuse. And I think his first initial reaction isn't to be like, I'm so happy to see you, but like, what are you doing here? Like, I'm worried for your safety. His immediate reaction was to be angry. 
You know what I'm curious about, though? You know how he said he wrote her a note and keyed it to her blood, but she never read it? Why did he all of a sudden write her? Is it only because Henry wrote him telling him that they were in part of the guard now? Right. And also, like, I know it's not human blood, but, like, I'm, it's kind of creepy that he just, like, kept her blood. He's like, this is going to be useful one day. Okay. Um. <laughs> I thought the same thing, because she said something along the lines of, like, um, what did she say? She said something along the lines of, um, crap, what was it? Oh, her not knowing how to feel about, like, that he can keep her blood to, like, different spells or, like, enchantments. Right. Also, we're going to do real life here for a second. Y'all have to hear me getting in my car. <laughs> go home. Um, because it's snowing. we don't have snow and we're about to get snow. <laughs> so I have to get home to um, where I don't get snowed in and I can't drive for three days. So y'all are going to hear me getting up to my, to my uh, car, but this is too good of a conversation to end just because I have to get in a car. I know. I was gonna say I could totally. We could call it. I could let you go. <laughs> no, bro. I've, I've got a fifty-minute drive home. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Buckle in, guys. <laughs> we're, we're here for the long haul. Uh, yeah, we're back. Okay. So. I don't know. I remember there were a couple of different flowers because he even says I can't remember can't remember which scene specifically it is but like what did he say the only thing more powerful than fear is love and he hands her a red rose and i'm like dude what are you doing right manipulative manipulative i'm telling <laughs> you but okay why did he show up with two girls on his arm it was let me let me break this down first of all one, he knows that his father's trying to use her and she will be at the ball, right? He already knows that. That's why he's so angry when she gets there. Okay, right. so he's aware that she's going to show up. He still makes the conscious decision to walk around the ball with two women on his arm. Knowing that she's going to oh. be there at any moment. True. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, uh, well, because you know what? So, I think... Well, think about it, though. He cannot afford to show to be friendly with a human, let alone a pirate, um, especially if he is supposedly supposed to be working for the League and, like, in with, you know, Titus and the King and Queen. Like, he can't he can't afford to look like they're friends. So he has yeah, but he doesn't have to have two women. He, he could just, like, be at the party. It's his house. Obviously, he's going to be there. Hmm. He doesn't have well, to have know, a girl like, well, maybe, on each arm. Maybe he already had that reputation, though, for that. So, like, keeping it up a little bit. I don't know. I'm trying I to think. Wasn't there another scenario? Wasn't there something else where... Was there another scene where he had been with a couple of girls? Or am I... Well, the other thing, too. So, tying into the like how he's aloof with her and kind of different at times is... It pisses me off, and I get it, but it pisses me off when he's like, you know, when they're in the conservatory, everything's all like, oh, good, lovey-dovey, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, when they're in public, like when she's in the library, and what I kind of wonder is when she starts physically, like, having trouble with stuff, if it's because her enchantment is failing, and so she's slowly dying, if that's why she's starting to have the shoulder pain 
and the headaches or if it's a persuasion from him i feel like it's probably the enchantment starting to go but like they're all honky dory and levy until the dad shows up and then he's immediately like oh violet was taken ill so you know and then her, her his dad is pissed like william you know a human are you crazy basically and so i'm like that's interesting to me how he turns it off and on so quickly mm-hmm. um so this is where they kind of give me <laughs> him and Titus kind of give me like uh Dane and Xaden vibes <laughs> where <laughs> I feel like Dane is very much like oh all you know I have to do uh, what is it like all all end her to save the earth and Titus kind of gives me Xaden like no I'll screw the earth to save her but at the same time we've barely seen any seen any bit of Titus so I'm curious to see what Titus is outside of Captain Shade is Titus the prince in his environment of being in a castle but even as the prince at the ball he still danced with her he did but will never would have done until titus already did and like showed to the the room like no she's okay to be here it's okay to touch her sort of thing you know what i mean yeah um well i think maybe because i think they talked about that actually um is if it hadn't been for Titus, like they've been screwed because she's the only human in a ball full of night weavers for one. And two, um, you know, if he hadn't kind of made it like it was okay for her to be there, like it was a plan that probably would have gone like really badly. Um, especially after the whole situation with Percy, because I think they said that the King was sending blood knights to Inkhaven and Bloodgrave because of that having just happened, um, previously. So I think had Titus not kind of gone along with it and made it fun and light, you know, it could have come back on the Castor family. It could have come back on her and it could have been really bad. So I think he played that really well, but. Well, in theory, nobody should have been able, unless they recognize her as like one of the pirates that was branded, which I don't think the people that were like watching the spectacle of the branding would be the same people that come to the ball. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the classes are different there. So unless they recognize her from in town, they shouldn't know who she is because she was dressed up like a night weaver. So they shouldn't have even known that she, if, if her original plan with Henry was to pretend to just be a night weaver. True, because she said they were looking at her with curiosity, but then once she got closer to the ballroom, they realized she was human and started looking at her, her with disgust. And then when he's like, oh, Violet Oberon, you know, whoever thought of you'd see a pirate in a ball gown, that's when they really got like, oh, a pirate. Um, disgusting, oh, which so I know is piracy. Yeah, I don't know. I will be super interested to see her and Titus side by side as pirates on the open sea. Oh, I think it's going to be amazing. I, and like, especially with their power, with both of them being very powerful bloodletters, because when at the ball, so on Reckoning Day, I remember Owen saying Nightweaver's man in supply, like their power is overall lower and Underling's power is stronger. So, you know, Titus tried to put out the fire, but he could only go so far because his man in power was lower. And he was so impressed and had so much awe because her first time ever doing this she did an even bigger, like more intense wave than he did. 
first time ever tapping into her power. So I'm like the power that they both probably have, let alone together with what they're capable of will be crazy to see. Um, Question, do you out. think she kind of has like an unending supply of mana because she has human blood? Actually, I wondered that because they, they touch on that with the fact that she's part Nightweaver, part, um, she was bitten by a shifter and she has human blood, which human blood, um, cause they talk, Oh, Owen says that. So on the reckoning day, Nightweaver's power is less underlings is more, but human blood doesn't like their, their reserve of power doesn't falter at all. Like it still goes strong because of the human blood. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder that same thing. If, um, if that'll, if that'll, I guess, influence her power at all. Because she's kind of like a a paradox, I guess. Yeah. She's she's a little bit of everything. Yeah. So really, we could get anything with this chick. We, we, really we don't know can. what we're going to get. <laughs> now, I will be really interested to see... I'll be really interested to see how things play out with her and Will long term like if she's still gonna let him pine like if she's still gonna be a little bit pining because i'm like girl i see this for what it is why don't you (laughs) (laughs) like titus is clearly the one for you let's just cut all the in-between which i guess i've cut out probably a bunch of books so you can't really do that but (laughs) i don't know i think that there's a lot to dissect and i'm interested with him being a bone wielder and having the power for not just persuasion, but also the power for like flowers, like we've discussed um, what that will mean for him. Cause like when he gives her flowers, they all have specific meanings. Right. So I'm curious to see going back. I'll have to see if I can find it later, but going back um, the different meanings behind them, what he continues to maybe give her. Cause he even sent her, it was a blue something that means I'm thinking of you um, while yes. he was gone. He sent that to her. And so, cause even when they get back, Titus even says to her something like, you know, I wanted to meet the girl that William's been talking about. Um, so I, that's why I say, I think Will genuinely is developing like real feelings for her. I still hate the guy, but I, I really think he's actually starting to care about her. But at the end, you know, I, she talks I'm not about, sold. I'm not I'm, sold well, on I'm that. Because at the same time, at the very end, when they're on the Star Chaser and they're all three in the room and she talks about, um, she realizes like he, when he says, Viola Oberon, you're more powerful than you could ever imagine you'd be or something like that. Or you're more than you ever thought you'd be. And she realizes like he never had any intention of shielding me from this world. Like he said, he planned to throw me to the wolves and throw me to this world all along. And so I'm like, again, she says, what does he stand to gain? what what does he get out of this basically and i'm like oh my gosh there's so because he keeps looking at her like it says with amusement in his eyes like he knows he already knows what's going to happen or he knows what's up and i'm like probably because there might be potential psychic abilities <laughs> that we don't know and about yet he he's not the one that jumped in the water after her that was titus no he's straight up before she even jumped he's like here hold my hat like that kind of reminds me of jack right. Sparrow, like hold my hold my effects and then he just yeah jumps in, exactly oh. Crap, you know what I just realized? Do you remember? It's not the same, but when Elizabeth falls into the water and she's wearing the medallion and the water pulses, 
Yes. And so he, you know, jumps in, kisses her to give her air, and the water pulses and pushes him away. And then who was the one that was soaking wet for 12 hours that she was down there trying to get her out? Not Will. Will was dropping. Exactly. Will Will didn't jump in at all. Yeah. Here's another pirate reference, too, is that Jack Sparrow is the one that jumped in um, to save Elizabeth when she fell over. And he gave her breath by cutting open her corset. Yeah. So just just pointing out a couple little things. (laughs) I love that Titus has, like, the sparrows on his hands, like the hand tattoos. Yes. You know what I wondered? So when she realizes he's got the hand tattoos... And then he sees the scars on her neck when she was hung on the death whale. And he says, you know, um, even night weavers have scars. And he unbuttons his shirt and she sees, because she mentions that he has scars, but she mentions their scars that were like, you can tell they're like deep. They were intentional scars. And I'm like, my baby boy, what is happening to you? What's going on in your life? Who is the whole, who did this <laughs> trope that you get in right. books? Like, was, okay, is it? Because you know what I wonder? Ooh, okay. Developing theory here, guys. Um, I'm wondering. Real life, real time. He, he, real time. Yeah, is he talks about when she realizes his name is Titus. Why did my parents name me after the most revered pirate? He says hatred is a curious thing. I wonder if he's being hurt at the hands of or the order of his father, and that's why he has the scars, maybe. Because hatred is a curious thing. Maybe it's because of his power or something like that. I don't know. I wonder if there's any. Rebecca, feel free <laughs> to uh, address any things that are being said. If there's anything you want to put us out of our misery, <laughs> we will not complain. <laughs> I mean, like, like obviously, his his dad can't. The king cannot know that he's Captain Shade. That no, is just too much. Dead. So that yeah. He'd be dead. So. I don't I don't know if he's like the one intentionally hurting him then because wouldn't he see the tattoos unless does the king know about the tattoos that's the big question I mean I he has to there's no way you can hide like the, tattoos right. that are just like you're gonna your wear hand. gloves 24 but, 7 when you're at home <laughs> right but I do wonder about um just like maybe that that he's powerful period just like as a as a blood letter maybe he's jealous of his power because maybe his dad doesn't really have good power or maybe because why would they name him titus you know and if he like kind of hates his son and you know how sometimes people they don't have to have a reason to hate you enough to just do mean things to you or somebody's hurt my baby and i'm not okay with it though theory about the tattoos what other what other tattoo is in the series the one that can be hidden unless you want them to see. True. So these pirate tattoos could be under the same sort of magical effect where he can hide them from the king and queen. Or from anybody else that he True. doesn't want to see them. He could have just shown Violet to show her, like, no, I'm on your side. But you know what? Maybe, though, like, maybe... Rebecca, do you see what you're doing to us? With <laughs> <laughs> the turmoil you put us in. Because I'm like, I, I can totally see that. But at the same time, I wonder if, like, a sparrow would probably have some representation to a pirate. But maybe his dad wouldn't necessarily be aware of, like, the the importance of it or the meaning of it. I don't know. This is... <laughs> I, 
Yeah. No, I don't know. I feel like, so naming him Titus, he might have been just trying to, like, take back the name because Titus was such a revered pirate. So True. maybe the king's idea was like, no, the prince is Titus. Anytime you talk about Titus, you're talking about the prince now. The pirate doesn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It could have been That's something true. like that. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, there's so much. It's, it's in interesting. Book, but I know, I know if I sat there, I just read it all again last night that if I probably had a few days to like really think about it, there's probably some more stuff I'd be wondering about. But I'm just, I, I don't know. I love, oh, we haven't even talked about the myths, like Tolith, the little, and I, okay, I'm referring to the, the goat guy as Tumnus, personally. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is he? The, he's like the, Bronmir. Oh, yeah. Bronmir is his name, but I'm calling him Tumnus. It's just that's how I remember. <laughs> um, is, yeah, because, okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to think. When they're in the, um, so when she realizes, her and Henry both realize that the casters and it's the guy, Ren, something Rencroft, Baron Rencroft, I think is his name, Killian, and then the myths are all like in the order before they get taken into the order. And they're overhearing the conversations being had. I'm curious <clears throat> about like, Killian seems very genuine because even when her dad when philip dies it alludes to that he actually was devastated which would imply that he knew philip and her mother grace much deeper than previously thought because she makes a comment that he seemed devastated but she didn't realize that they were even friends and i'm like right. i wonder if there's something more there um or if he's just genuinely like a very heartfelt kind of guy because he seems very genuine to me Whereas Will clearly just comes across as very, like, secretive and shady. Because I'm like, he's 19 years old, but he's calling the shots on a lot of stuff. And like you pointed out, the way he kind of interacts with Titus sometimes, I'm like, boo, who do you think you're talking to right now? Like, he's, first of all, he's the prince. Second of all, you're superior. Yeah, you're superior. (laughs) Where do you get off thinking, like, you can talk to him? Oh, because you know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think she asked him at one point, you and Titus, like, oh, what did she say? She she was asking about the relationship, and he goes, you know, we're friends. And then, but he had, like, a certain look about him when he said that, like, admitting to that they're friends. And then, you know, we grew up at court together. Um, we've battled beside each other. Like, we're very, we're very close. Um, but it was the way that he kind of insinuated like that they were friends, but it was almost with a grimace, but like, I'm that he's very, very like loyal and close to him. I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of a contradictory statement. I'll have to see if I can find it later, mm-hmm. but it kind of seemed to contradict itself. So here's like, another thing about the relationship too, is when he, she's finding out that Captain Shade is like Will's informant, you kind of get the sense that like Will calls the shots with Captain Shade but then you find yes. out that Shade is Titus, and you're like, no, Titus calls the shots. But, like, what he kind of gives off before she knows who Shade is, it seems like he's the one calling the shots. He's the one sending Shade out on certain missions. Like, oh, no, Shade's getting this information because I told him to, you know? Right. So it, it's, it is very con- contradictory about who's actually in charge and who wants to be in charge or, you know. Yeah. Ooh, that's 
Hmm. I know. It, it's really get, getting you thinking, huh? <laughs> it is, because I feel like there's clearly, I think there's clearly, like, depth to his and Titus's relationship, and there's history there. Um, it does seem sometimes, though, like, Will seems to be more the one calling the shots. Because the thing I wondered, so, you know, they kind of talk about when she realizes Will knew all along who she was. And then that, how in the beginning, Captain Shade says, why would I do that when I've just now found you? She realizes that he's been, like, looking for her. And I'm always curious, like, was he looking for her because the medallion? And then they talk about how there were two, not one, they thought Mary Cross, the girl that brought the silk aboard the Lightbringer, which is how they were able to track her because Owen had taken off his bracelet. His bracelet, so yeah. The so then she realizes, no, there were two silks. And the one we've been chasing was a, that was a ruse for me and Will to follow. Um, so I'm like, okay, who's the second silk? Where's the second silk? And why were, so even though Owen took his bracelet off, like why, how did they know to look for her through him? So just still a lot of unanswered questions that I'm curious about. Um, hmm. Is I don't know. This, but is the silk that's inside the princess, is that Marana? Uh, yes, I think he said that um, okay. Princess Hillian is possessed by the underling queen or something like that. I feel like I feel like Titus I couldn't said remember. That right, I couldn't remember if that was like confirmed or if that was like an unhinged theory that just like deep rooted itself into my memory. Uh <laughs> it's, it's either that she is or that he thinks she is because I think that um, Will says you don't know that for sure, and he goes, "Well, you know." you can't tell with your curse, but she can with hers that her curse lets her see the silks because yeah. there's a, um, but at the same time, they talk about how she's never, since she was banished, she has never been able to be killed because she's never taken a um, corporeal form to where she could be banished. So it wouldn't, hmm, I don't know that it would make sense if Morana specifically possessed her because then that would be her in a form that can be banished out, right? No, I don't think so, because Owen... <sighs> oh, wait, no, because the other Silk was banished when he was inside... Um... Dorothy. Trudy. Yeah. Trudy, thank you. I couldn't remember her name. Um, Hated her. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so it's... So they can be banished when they're possessing. Yeah, when they're possessing a, like a human or a corporal form. Right. Otherwise, they can just go host to host. Here's the thing I did ask Rebecca about, though, is like when it's banished, it can still come back. It's just harder to like get through the gates, so to speak. So. Right. Even, like, banishing Marana's not going to stop her. So they need a different plan than just banishing. They have to contain her somehow. And the thing is, I feel like this is where Killian probably is going to come into play some on information. Because, you know, he was taken to Red Island. And yeah. he's been there before. And, like, like, affirmed her, yeah, this place is real. And it was interesting to me that... Owen was so intent on getting there. Why was he so intent? Is it because him and Violet have affinities or they're more than they knew that they were and he felt like a call to it? Is he also an heir, like a descendant? What is going on? 
<laughs> what is what is happening? He was he was very obsessed with trying to find it. Um, and so why, it why? is interesting that he bonded with her about trying to find it as opposed to the other siblings when it's the two of them that would benefit the most from finding it. Right. And like where because that kind of, of their, all came in. Right. And I, I kind of wonder, so it, this might, Rebecca, we very well may be reading into some of these things way too much, <laughs> but just know this is what you, this is what you get. Um, when her and Titus at the ball are outside in the um, Hildegard, the folly of, the little thing with the statue of Hildegard and right. Hildegard's folly and she's walking towards it. And then she says, there's like a gust of air pushes her back into Titus. I kind of wondered hmm, because the Raven was perched top watching this whole thing. Could that have possibly been Owen because he's a wind walker. He has Ooh. air capabilities. I'm like, it was maybe it, maybe I'm reading too much into that. Like, was it just a gust of wind or did he kind of maybe, you know, do that i don't know because if it was just a gust of wind it wouldn't play any part of the story if it was just well, regular right? weather okay so then maybe there was a slight influence from him or maybe not him maybe something else like kind of pushing her back into him a little bit um, i thought when i first read it i read over that and i thought it was more of just like a way to get her close to titus to give that little same, snippet same. of love interest but now right. that you remind me that, right, now that you remind me the Raven was there, though, I was just like, wait a sec. I need to, like, go yeah. back through and, like, mark everywhere that a Raven is. You know what? Oh, so there's, girl, I'll send you the page numbers later. Because <laughs> I noticed there was something about a Raven, and I, I actually skipped over it, and then I thought to myself, I was like, no, no. Your gut's telling you, like, your mind is telling you that's going to be significant for a reason. So I highlighted it, and I wrote the page number down, and then it gets referenced probably four times before it it talks about that he ends up, when he reveals himself, and then he takes flight, he shifts into a raven. And then it comes back to later, when she's, like, hallucinating with the poison, that memory of her and Owen up in the, you know, the little tower mm -hmm. in the on the Lightbringer where he's talking about, you know, wanting to leave and this and that, and then talks about, you know, I want to be a bird and be free. Like one day we'll be in the stars and be free. And so I'm like, okay, is he a star? Because if you look at the importance of constellations in, because you have what, Astrid and the seven something. The seven flame crown. Yeah, you have, I think, I'm not sure if it's flame crown, but you have, yeah, that you have Astrid and the seven something, you have Titus and the 12 keys, and they mentioned a few different ones. And then there's even the point of Annie mentioning in her books and it's under like, you know, Jack kind of mocking it like, oh, you know, it's um, or I think might have been Owen mocking Elsie in her books like, oh, they're just balls of fire or they're whatever. Um, but they specifically mentioned stars quite a few times and then her referencing like I won't be taken by night weavers or the stars or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you a star? And because, you know, they even talk about when she's taken to see the gold dust. And like the the woman's so bright she can't even look at her. So I'm curious if any of that will come into play at all. Cause and that's the thing, I feel like book two is still gonna have to be a lot of like foundational building block to oh, answering yeah. a lot of questions moving forward. So I'll be interested to see what building blocks are placed there and like what information we get and what information trickles down later and what information of theories we're saying have absolutely nothing to do with it and never comes back into play. 
Right. Um, no, we're not getting any resolution till how many did she say? Like four or five in the series, five. I think. Yeah. There's five total. So we'll get um, We're not getting any resolution till like no. five. <laughs> no, it's 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 gonna be a while. Um I have a feeling if it goes along like your typical romanticy, two will be there, three and four will probably crush and break our hearts, and five will slowly put us back together. Yeah. As long as I get my happy ever after. We're okay. If you want to kill Will in the process, I'm not upset. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say the only way I feel like he could have a really good, in my eye, redemption. And now, mind you, at this point, he's not done any, like, he's, yeah, he's lied and manipulated and betrayed, but nothing like of super, super, super bad, serious stuff. But I feel like if he does, in my mind, the only redemption arc is death. <laughs> like you sacrifice right. yourself for her or some there has to be like a serious this can't be you know a whole yeah i don't know and here's the know. thing too the redemption wouldn't mean anything if there's no consequences to him if he doesn't suffer a consequence right. of losing her or losing his life then his sacrifice to, or redemption won't mean anything Otherwise, Basically, it's for selfish reasons. Suffrage or, yeah. Suffrage if he nothing, doesn't, that's what I'm exactly. He's like, oh, I'm redeeming myself so that I earn your love. That's not redemption. That's manipulation. The True, only way that redemption works, exactly. The only way redemption works is if you do it without the intention of getting something in return. And I, I don't, the only way that would make sense is if he dies for it. Hmm. True. Otherwise, I can't trust that he really did it out of the goodness of his heart. Oh, okay. So my ADD brain just kicked in. Like, I wonder with him, if, like, he were to die in battle or something. It reminded me of, um, oh, what was it? Crap, I totally just lost it. I felt like there was a quote somewhere in the book. Nope. Actually, I think I'm getting confused with another one. Never mind. I'm just losing my mind, guys. <laughs> uh, this is called reading too many books and overla- overlapping plots. Um, I know, right? Well, okay. Yeah. So I, I have compared. You compared them to Dane and Zayden previously uh-huh. from Fourth Wing, um, which I definitely saw a little bit, especially when you started talking about, like, maybe Will is reading her thoughts. I was like, yeah, that's freaking Dane. And I hated him, too. Um, he was acting the same way. He's like, no, I want to protect you. I want to save you. I hated Dane. Okay, Why? but then I also, when I was reading, I compared Will to Tamlin. Okay, so I'm not the only one. Yeah. With Tamlin, uh, like his, like the the control, so the control factor he gets later with like, no, it was for like your safety or I didn't have enough information to give it to you. It's my life. I don't care if I, like I need information to make the decisions for myself not for you to think you know what i'm going to choose because she even says why didn't you tell me you know blah 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 and he goes well i didn't want you to turn yourself into the guard do you think i just want to like join my brother enough to die why would i be hunting for his killer if like why would i kill myself or let like myself be taken in by the guard or the guild of shadows i'm sorry the guild of shadows if i'm still trying to hunt his killer first of all and second of all and she says why is it because you thought i wouldn't choose you Right. That's the real thing. He wasn't confident that he would choose her because if she knew, then it points out the manipulation. It points out the lies and the lies of omission, which still count. 
Because that, yeah, like, I was reading 100%. that book last night. My husband died because I was like, liar, highlighting, <laughs> and like, underlining. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, I was he, reading. He, uh, he, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I was saying he just irks me. <laughs> yeah. No, I was reading. So I'm in. I'm in the middle of Throne of Shadow or uh, Throne of Glass right now. I'm, so I'm on Queen of Shadows, and um, I, you mentioned Aelin earlier. So I'm assuming you've read Throne of Glass. So I'm. I'm actually in the midst of it. I'm okay. up to. I'm about to start my tandem read of Tower of Dawn and Empire of Storms, and then go into Kingdom of Ash. Uh, because of social media, I do know a lot of spoilers. Like I don't know finer details, but I do know a lot of things that happen. Um, but I've read up through up to the um, seven, eight or six, seven, eight, seven, eight, nine or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So I, I was wrong. It wasn't Queen of, uh, Queen of Shadows. I had just finished that. I am. I just started the tandem read. Um, so I was reading. And at one point, I'm not since you're not in it yet. At one point, one guy does something. And I literally out loud. My husband was in the kitchen and I'm in the living room reading. And I go, are you kidding me right now? And he looks over and he goes, <laughs> Problems in fairy tale land. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have no idea. The yeah. Yeah. So was, I was talking to Dana the other day from Dana's bookshelf. If you don't follow her, follow her. She's the best. I love her recommendation. She's so funny because when reading Throne of Glass, she's like, this is the best series ever, blah, blah, blah. So I sent her voice messages and my thoughts and theories. And I read Heavenly Bodies the other the other week. I was, again, I was sending her voice messages and she was like, I'm not going to say anything. She's but like, Kristen, my god the things like you're you're figuring out that i didn't figure out to like the second and third time reading this because i so i already know some of the stuff that happens but what's his name um oh adian pisses me off he's the worst he oh oh my gosh he are uh i haven't even read the full thing but i already know <laughs> i hate him because the way he treated or treats lysandra I'm like, you got to go, man. Like, ain't no way I'm putting up with that. And I really hate him. <laughs> so, okay. And Lorcan, too. Lorcan, no, Lorcan, yeah. no redeems himself. But he does some stuff in the beginning that I'm like, ooh, I don't like you. So with Aiden, I call him Aiden because I thought it was names like, they were named similar, like Aiden and Aelin. I thought it was more of like a twin ooh. sort of vibe. Then uh, maybe not, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, honestly. I've, <laughs> I've heard it the other way, but like I've read it the same way for so long. Just like I still call Kale Cole. I will never yeah. call him Kale in my life. So y'all can just shove it. Um, but I, um, when we first met Aiden and he was like, he was a strong warrior. He was like this feared leader of you know his group whatever his little group is called i forget but um now that he's like with aelin and he's like traveling with her he just seems like a little bitch and i'm like i'm not seeing the warrior that he's supposed to be i see him as this little like I, I I'm I'm gonna say it again. That little bitch that just like runs around following her around like a little puppy dog. And I'm like, uh, I'm yes. not, thank you. I'm not seeing a half a warrior that you're supposed to be. Um, agreed. I yeah. totally see what you're saying. Agreed. <laughs> um, I actually though, 
<laughs> I just pulled into a friend's house to pick up some generators. So I can no worries. call you back in a few minutes if there's anything you want to continue talking about while I finish driving home. Um, or I can just put you <laughs> on mute for a minute while we load this up. It's totally up to you. Well, I could just let you go. Um, I This is a long little bonus episode, but you'll be back. And I think you should talk to me about your tandem read because I'm interested. So <laughs> Yes. Okay. Are, did you say you started or you're starting? I just started. I'm like 100 pages in, e- in each book. So, yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm totally down to tandem read. <laughs> cool. Like kind of in with you because I'm one of those. I'm a power reader. I, I'll, I think I read... Um, like one, I normally read one of those books in a day, <laughs> maybe wow. two. So, um, yeah, I love being on. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Yes. I'm always down to discuss theories and crazy thoughts on stuff. Oh, well, now you have my number. So text me. We'll do it again. All and right, girl. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy being snowed in. Don't let it break you down. <laughs> I will try. Pray for my sanity, but I, I'm excited. It'll go fun. And I cannot wait for October to officially get to meet you and all the fun yes. and hitting up that karaoke bar we talked about. Definitely. You got it. Well, Kristen, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for hanging out. Um, this is an amazing little bonus episode. So <laughs> I'm excited for well, it. Thank you, Brady. I had so much fun and I can't wait to do it next time. Yes. I'll talk to you real soon. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay. Um, I, I don't even know. That took so many twists and turns. It was so much fun. But thank you guys for hanging out. I hope you enjoyed this little bonus. And um, I want to do it more often. So if you guys are super passionate about any specific book that we read and you want to get into it with me, let me know. Hit me up. Let's do it. I'm excited for it. But until next time, um, I'll see you guys on Wednesday and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye.